And we'll begin reading in verse 18. You know, it's interesting to me, every year as we come around the Christmas season, as you read the passages, sometimes, you know, you turn to the passage and and you say, oh, I know this. Now the birth of Jesus Christ, and, and you go on with that. But it is amazing to me, if our heart is sensitive to the Lord, how He will speak to us over and over again with something that we, we see as very familiar. And as familiar as the Christmas account is, um, it is amazing how each year, year in and year out, God challenges me in different areas. And uh, He does it, number one, I'm not in the same place I was in last year. We're all different. And that's the neat thing about walking with God. He knows where we're at. He just doesn't have a universal message that he says, I'm sorry, that doesn't quite apply to you right now. Um, His Spirit makes personal application with us And that's the neat thing, God ministering in our lives, and we praise Him for that. So I trust as uh, during this season, as you yourself go, and I encourage you, read the the accounts, the prophecies about His coming, read uh, the accounts of His coming, and as familiar as you are with them, you will be blessed, and uh, God will speak to you. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, And he called his name Jesus. Let's bow together in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you again that we have access to your written word. Thank you that we can know the truth. And Lord, thank you for your spirit that is given to guide us into truth. I pray today that that you really would free our minds from anything that would distract us 
from understanding your will. And then, Lord, I pray that we would be strengthened in the inner man to do your will, and that as a result of that, there would be great glory brought to you. Lord, um, we need you to do the ministering, and we acknowledge that only you are worthy of praise, and that's our desire is to bring praise to you. So, Lord, we commit this time to you now, uh, looking forward to what you will do. In Jesus' name, amen. We know that the coming of Christ to this earth forever changed man's relationship to God. Sometimes um, we don't fully understand how it changed man's relationship to God. We're, we're so used to, as believers, um, being priests before, before God. We have direct access to God. We can go to Him at any time, and what a great blessing that is. We are so used to that that, that sometimes we think that's the way that, it, that it's always been. But that isn't how it's always been. And in understanding how drastically Christ's coming changed man's relationship to God... Uh, we we are not going to take a lot of time with this, but just just to be reminded, in the Old Testament, in um, in Moses' day, in David's day, um, God established a tabernacle, which was the temporary uh, dwelling place of God, and then then a, a temple was built which was the more permanent dwelling place of God. But this wasn't, this wasn't a place that, that just anybody could stop in and visit with God. In the tabernacle and in the temple was the Holy of Holies. And like I said, we, we, we can't take the time to go into it. Series have been done on the tabernacle and on the temple. But um, in understanding, Sam, could I use you just a minute here? Sam is going to represent the high priest of Israel, okay? As the high priest of Israel... It was his privilege, but a grave responsibility that once a year he would enter in to, if let's just say, the tabernacle through all the ceremonial cleansings, the offerings of uh, sin offerings and, and thanks offerings and so on. But he would, he would go through all that and... We, we can't really grasp because it's foreign to our culture. But then he would go into the Holy of Holies. So just, just to kind of put a, a little picture on it, and, and this is a very crude picture of it, okay? Um, we're going to let that represent, that door is going to represent you going into the tabernacle or the temple and 
we just know in there is the Holy of Holies, okay? So this was a great time. God's representative for us was going to meet God. I mean, serious for him, they, they would tie things on his garments and little bells on his garments to make sure they could still hear him moving in there because if he went in there not properly prepared, God would strike him dead because God is a holy God. And unless his sin was covered and paid for through the, the washings and the offerings that were made, and, and they had ropes on him so that if he went in there and died, they didn't dare go in there. They pulled him out. I mean, this, it, it, it almost sounds strange to us, but this is the holiness of God. And so, um, Sam is going to enter in there. He's gone through what he needs to. And uh, you just go in there and wait just a little bit. But do you understand? Think of it. Think what, if we were the children of Israel, think what we're thinking right now. What would you be thinking? I hope he's clean. I hope he comes back. And... (laughs) Exactly. That as well. And what is going to be the message... What is there going to be for us from this situation? Now think of it. Here it is. The whole nation of Israel is is dependent upon this. All right? So, our high priest comes back out. First of all, there's the relief that he did come back out, right? And, And in understanding this, Now, God used all of this to teach us about the greatness of God, the holiness of God, that He is far beyond us. Um, Another illustration, and and we're not going to... I think this will be the last one that we'll illustrate. But remember, now Sam is not... Well, you sit down. You were the high priest. Good job, okay? Willie, come here. Willie is going to represent Moses right now, okay? God said, Moses, I want to talk to you up on the mount. And he said, I want you to tell the children of Israel that they are not to approach this mount. If they do, they will be stricken down. And just to shorten this, this is, come up here, this is going to represent Mount Sinai. And God said to Moses, I want you to prepare the children of Israel three days. I want there to be purifying, I want there to be cleansing. And then I want you to come up to Mount Sinai. And as he came up to Mount Sinai, the Bible tells us 
In Exodus chapter 19, there was great thunderings, there were great lightnings, there was a thick cloud that came over Mount Sinai, and then God came down upon the mount with fire. Fascinating that Mount Sinai, um, that they believe they found today, is blackened on the top of the mount, not from lava flow, but from the fire of God still evident upon that mountain. The, the children of Israel, when this took place, they were filled with fear. And Moses, um, when, when this took place, he, he was, was smitten of God. When he came down, his face shone. I mean, he was drastically affected by this. And, and, and again, God is painting a picture here that He is God, far, far above mankind. And an encounter with God is something of God's doing in our life and something that is is great beyond measure. And, And so he illustrated it here on Mount Sinai, and we don't have time to go into it. Read Exodus chapter 19 and Exodus 32. But God did amazing things here. Moses was given then the Ten Commandments. Moses came down from the mount, and he had heard from God and had a message of God, but it was accompanied by great manifestations of the greatness of God, of the transcendence of God, that God is above. He is beyond anything of us. Thank you. You may be seated. Now we come to Matthew chapter 1, which is a fulfillment of Isaiah chapter 7. And it says, And his name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God, the God of the temple and the tabernacle, the God of the Holy of Holies, the God of Mount Sinai that accompanied it. His name shall be called Emmanuel, which is now this God with us. It radically and drastically changed The relationship of man to God. It wasn't God was put on sale. Clearance. Now everybody can have access to God. Now you can go to Him. There's not the thunders and lightnings and fires. It's clearance. No, it wasn't that at all. God visited man in an an overwhelming, in a powerful way. And he said his name should be called Emmanuel, which is God with us. It wasn't just a name that was given to Christ, but it described his office and his nature. And I want us to think this morning on this aspect, that what we're remembering in Emmanuel is God with us. And some of the ramifications of that. 
if, if all you get is that it is Emmanuel, God is now with me. God with us. God tabernacling with us. God dwelling with us. If we get that, it can have a, a, a mighty impact on our lives. And there's a number of things that just this aspect. Emmanuel, God with us. Number one, it tells us that Jesus Christ is God. He is deity. He was born of a virgin, a miraculous proof that he was Messiah. But it, it, it tells us throughout Scripture his name would be called Emmanuel, God with us. He wasn't just a teacher. He wasn't a prophet. He is God in the flesh. In, in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, it's interesting how this shows up in, in so many places. It says, um, 1 Timothy 3.16, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Notice this sentence. God was manifest in the flesh. How was he manifest in the flesh? Through Jesus Christ. Emmanuel, God with us. He was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of the angels, preached unto Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. In that one verse... You have a short synopsis of the life of Christ and what he did. But he was manifested. It was God, Emmanuel, God tabernacling, dwelling with us. Jesus Christ, contrary to what all these other religions say, you know, they, they say he was just another prophet. He was a great man. He was a great teacher. He was all of those things, but he was God. That's why he was the great teacher. That's why he was a, a, a great model and so on. John chapter 1, the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. God with us, God dwelling among us in our nature. And man meeting in one person, the mediator between God and men. So it is, it is Jesus Christ, God with us, evidence that Jesus Christ is God. Secondly, there's a number of other things that, um, and, and I want to make sure that you come full circle with me on this, okay? So um, if I don't bring the circle clear around, um, you tell me and we'll clear it up. And I'm sure you're going to do that, all right? I'm sure you're going to say, hey, you didn't go full circle. And there, I know it's 12 o'clock, but you've got to finish the circle, all right? No. But at any rate, I, I'm telling you this because I am going to hear Jesus is God, and I'm going to mention several points And it could look like they're man-centered. And, and I tell you that ahead of time, and I don't mean this bad, but you may not have even caught it if I haven't told you this, because we are so used to being man-centered. God is here for me. 
And I'm going to be saying a number of things, but it's, Lord willing, we're going to come around here and see that God is doing all these things to the praise of His glory. Emmanuel, God with us. Secondly, it tells me that God knows. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15. Let me just back up. You know, when we go through certain situations in life, we love to feel sorry for ourselves, but you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know how I feel. You don't, you've never had this happen to you. Hebrews chapter 4 says that Jesus Christ was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. God knows the battle. Jesus Christ knows what it means to be tempted. He knows what it is to receive the brunt of the of Satan's greatest attacks and 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 lest you think that what I'm going through no one else has ever gone through and and nobody even knows and God doesn't even know God does know He he knows and and it tells us that he is touched with the feelings of our infirmities and in Hebrews chapter 2 he, he goes into a little more detail on this. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 16, it says, For verily he took not on him the nature of angels. Jesus Christ didn't come as an angel. But he took on him the seed of Abraham. He became man. Wherefore, in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren. He needed, it was proper for him to be made like unto his brethren. Why? that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. Do you understand this? He did not come as an angel. He came as a man. Why? That he could be a merciful and faithful intercessor on our behalf. He knows what it is to live on the face of a sin-cursed earth. He knows. He knows every detail about your life. But he, he knows experientially as well. God knows. Thirdly, God is for me. Emmanuel, what this is telling me, God with us. See, Psalm 19 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. Nature shows that God is above us. I mean, the more we learn about this creation, the more we realize how small we are. Our greatest telescopes can only say there is more out there than we can even see. We, we, can't even, we can't even number all the stars. And God says, I just want you to know, I am above nature. I call every star by name. 
those of us as parents struggle with our own kids calling them by name. Sometimes you even get the dog or cat its name in there, don't you, huh? You just look at nature, and, and to a reasonable person, it tells you God is beyond us. You look at God's law that was given to Moses on Mount Sinai, and it tells us that God is against us in this sense. God is holy, and I am a sinner. I have broken commandment number one and commandment number two and commandment number three. And you go through those commands and we have broken them. And that means I am at enmity with God. But when you come to the birth of Jesus Christ and the life of Christ, the gospel shows us, the gospel means it's good news, It shows us that God is for us. He says, I know you you cannot and have not kept my law. But he says, I am coming to provide you the payment for breaking that law. And when you, when you understand Jesus Christ, the birth of Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God is with us. He's dwelling with us. When you understand that, you understand that God is for us, that God is for me. Fourthly, and the proof of that is that because of Emmanuel, God dwelling with us. I have forgiveness. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21 says, He hath made him to be sin for us. God made him, Jesus Christ, to be sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Here, you three guys, come right up here, okay? Okay, Asa, go over here. You two stay right here. Kalen represents God. Dallas represents Jesus Christ. God sent himself, Jesus Christ, God. This is, this is 2 Corinthians 5.21. God made him to be sin. He died on the cross. He bore the penalty of sin. God made God made Jesus Christ to be sin for us when he did not know sin. He'd never sinned. He was perfect. He was God in the flesh. Emmanuel, here it is. Emmanuel Katie. No, Dallas Katie, but he's Emmanuel, okay? It is God in the flesh made to be sin. In other words, he took all of our sin, all of the sin of the whole world. He took that sin and he paid the penalty for that sin. That we might have the righteousness of God. That through Jesus Christ, we might come and we are made righteous. The righteousness of God, not because he did anything good, 
but because Jesus did it. And he accepted that payment. And he represents all the sinners of all the world. And Emmanuel, because Emmanuel, God with us, every person in the world can have forgiveness of sin through Jesus Christ. That's why it's called the gospel. The good news. That is good news. He is separated here. He is apart from God. The law proves guilty, guilty, guilty. The judge brings the hammer down. You have not honored me above all others. You have loved other things more than you loved me. You have taken my name in vain. You have not set aside one day in seven. You have not honored your parents. You have committed adultery through in your heart. You and doomed. Guilty. But God knew our need and Emmanuel. And because of that, as guilty, vile sinners, when we acknowledge our guilt and we say, I need the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, then we are made the very righteousness of God. No, it's not once a year going into the temple. It's not some person meeting God someplace. It is the righteousness of God. We have forgiveness. Thank you, guys. You can sit down. But it also means not only do I have forgiveness, Emmanuel, when I am made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, then Emmanuel... I have help. Think of this. When I'm clear over here, have not trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior, I am helpless. But when Emmanuel, God with us, when I have trusted Christ for the forgiveness of sins, then I am made the righteousness of God, and the Spirit of God dwells within me, And I have available at my resources Almighty God. The God that came down mightily on Mount Sinai. That is the God that is here to minister in my life. I, as the psalmist said, God is my refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. I will lift up mine eyes into the hills. From whence comes my help? From the government? (laughs) From the economy, from my own strength and my own effort, from my own wisdom and intellect? No, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And it's because of Emmanuel, God, with us. God tabernacled with us. He dwelt with us. Literally, Emmanuel means the strong God with us. I mean, if he created this, he's a strong God, all right? But we sometimes forget the greatness of God. It is the one and only, the supreme of all, the strong God with us. He is my help. It also means that I am never alone. Emmanuel, God with us. I am never alone. 
This is a promise that no one else can ever make. Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. But because of Emmanuel, God with us, he made that promise and it's true. And even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we need fear no evil. Why? Because God is with us. As a believer in Christ, it's Emmanuel. It's God with me. Oh man, I hope I can hold out until I can get into the Holy of Holies. I hope I can hold out, what is it, 40 more days until we can go to the Holy of Holies? I hope I have a Mount Sinai experience. No, it's God with us now. I can have a Mount Sinai experience right here. I go to the Holy of Holies, Heavenly Father, and I am in the Holy of Holies. See, He is our help, and I am never alone. And because of that, I have hope. In this world, Jesus walked with us in human form, and because He did so, we in this world, by faith in Jesus Christ, can walk with Him and someday with, be with Him for all eternity in divine form. But think of it, because I'll never be alone, because I have God as my help, I have great hope. And by hope, the biblical definition of hope is confident expectation. It's not, well, I hope so. We, we have a confident expectation that because of Emmanuel, because God is with us, He will strengthen me, He will uphold me, He will lead me, and I can look forward to someday when I see Him, I will be made like Him, for I shall see Him as He is. That's the promise that we have because of Emmanuel. Now think of it. It is God with us. And we have all of these things. But if we, would, if we would fully grasp this, if we would fully grasp this, Emmanuel dwelling with us, and now he is with me as a believer, do you understand it would make a difference in our lives in that we would depart from evil? See, when you're tempted to get on the computer and get on stuff that you shouldn't get on, and you say, wait a minute, Emmanuel, God is right here with me. When you're tempted to think thoughts that you shouldn't think, thoughts of selfishness and bitter, wait a minute, it is God is right here with me. Do you understand? Every time we sin... We consciously or unconsciously set aside the reality of God. And our desires and our appetites become the throne, the master, and we really don't... He's not an entity to us. 
and we say, I am going to do this, most of the time it's unconsciously. We don't say, God, get out of here. I'm going to go do what I... We don't do that normally. But in reality, what God is not real. Let, let me ask you this. If, if today, as you left, some person met you and said, you know what, I've, I've been given this assignment that I'm going to be with you all week. And I just want to let you know up front, I'm, I, I am with you 24-7, and not only that, in my presence I'm with you, but I am going to know every thought that you think this week. Would it make a difference in how you lived your life this week? Would it make a difference in how you invested your time this week? Would it make a difference in what you said this week? The reality is, Emmanuel, God is with us. And if we would grasp this, it is so far-reaching. If we would grasp this, it would, it would cause us to depart from evil. Oh, wait a minute, I'm not going there because you wouldn't like that, would you? And you have saved me from an eternity in the lake of fire. I want to do whatever I can to show my love and appreciation to you. Emmanuel, God with us. But number nine, the last one here, and this is bringing it full circle. When I fully comprehend or begin to comprehend Emmanuel, God with us, I have praise. I am filled with praise to God. God with me? Me? Little old Dennis St. Lawrence? Me? God with me? When we fully comprehend that, yes, He does all these things. He is our, he is our help and hope and forgiveness and and helps us depart from evil. But all of those things bring us around to say, You, you alone are worthy of praise and honor and glory and dominion and power. When you struggle with praising God, the problem is not with God. The problem is with us. We've lost sight of the greatness of our salvation. God with me. And when we fully grasp this, we will be bringing praise to God. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive honor and power and glory and riches and might and dominion. Why do you think in Luke chapter 2, the angels burst out in song and said, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, think of it, on earth there's going to be peace. Mankind in rebellion against God. And they said, we can't comprehend it. And angels can't comprehend it. 
They're scratching their head and said, God, why are you doing this? And it says the angels look into this and, and they can't comprehend it. But they said, glory to God. This is the greatest thing we've ever heard. Glory to God in the highest. There is now on earth peace between man and a holy God because of Emmanuel. God came and dwelt among men. And they, the angels marveled at this. Do you understand the message of Christmas is Emmanuel, God with us. And regardless of what's going on in our world, in our economy, in our government, if this week and this Christmas season and in 2009 we would just get a hold of this fact, Emmanuel, you know what? God is with me. No matter what happens, God is with me. Emmanuel. Our hearts would never lose sight of the greatness of God. And we just need to be reminded, Emmanuel, God is with us. God dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. And because of that, We have all the other things. But do you see, coming full circle, it produces praise. Praise to who? The only one worthy of praise. Praise to God. For God made Him, Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Heavenly Father, I just marvel that you would come and dwell with us, let alone all that you did in bearing our sin, our penalty. And Lord, I pray today that hearts would be encouraged in realizing this great truth. And I pray that in this coming week and this month and in the coming days or years until you come again, that we would never lose sight of the fact, Emmanuel, you are with us. Lord, I pray today for individuals that may be here that have never personally called upon Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and they have not yet been made the righteousness of You. Lord, I pray today that they would see their need of receiving the gift of eternal life, the gift of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for believers here today. I pray that their hearts would be encouraged, that they would see that The strong God is with us. That you are our help. That we are never alone. That you know our frame. That you know what we are. And Lord, I pray that the reality of Emmanuel, you with us, would produce praise to you. 
thank you that you dwelt among us. And because of that, we can look forward to dwelling with you eternally. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand.